Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. If you will please turn to Psalm 85, verses 4 to 7. Let's read together as a family. One, two, three, go. Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. This is a passionate plea and cry for revival from the lips of the psalmist. Will thou not revive us again? So that thy people may rejoice in thee. And he cried, show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. For an assignment this morning, the cry for revival. The cry for revival. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the gift of life. The privilege to gather again under this open heavens at a house you've so called Revival House of Glory International Church. We cry for your fire to fall upon this altar once again. I beseech you to take a call of fire from the heavens, the altar of heaven. Anoint my lips and my tongues of clay and help me to speak your word expressly this day. Moving every man, boy, girl under the sound of my voice from where they are to the place called destiny. We vows always to give you alone the praise and the glory. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Let believers shout like a thunder, a big amen. Please be seated comfortably in God's wonderful presence. The cry for revival. For anyone who is spiritually sensitive, one can tell that God is really doing something special and misses people in logic. It's evident to anybody who is sensitive that the flickers, the flames, and the embers of true revival has begun to burn in our midst, begun to burn in our heart, begun to burn in several of our endeavors. There is that renewed hunger, renewed passion both for God and the things of God. Many hearts have begun to be so greatly softened and made tender by the divers encounters of the spirit and in his presence 
Many have begun to pray at ways and levels they haven't prayed most of their lives. Many have begun to experience a tangible, definite change in their taste buds, a longing, a yearning for God and the things of God, unlike before. Many are longing and thirsting, no longer particularly for things, but they're longing for the God of things. Uh, the taste buds for uh, the new pair of shoes, the new house, the new car, the new jet, the new Mercedes, uh, the new degree and all of that somehow is waning because there is a superior taste that is rising in the heart of many. And it's not that these things are taboo or not good, uh, but somehow we are regaining the right kingdom priority. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things, what are they? The things that Gentiles run helter and skelter over. The things that Gentiles kill, maim, assassinate for. God said, you won't chase them as you chase me. These things will chase you. Uh, the Bible declares in Psalm 23 verse 6, as long as Jesus is your shepherd, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He, he restores my soul. He leads me beside the still waters. He prepares a, a table before me in, in the presence of my enemies. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they are my comfort. But he said something in verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life that's the principle as you follow Jesus look around you goodness and mercy is following you somebody shout hallelujah glory to God you will lack of anything good as you seek his face the Bible the word of God is coming alive for many people it's no longer something drab and dry as perhaps it used to be for others. Just a letter. But now, as you pick the word in this season of waiting and watching, life is that why the flickers and the embers and the flames of revival has begun to burn in hearts in this house. We've got to identify that. Mm. Saints, for many people, in more recent times, this is our testimony. Is becoming our reality that we're longing, we're yearning for more of God, deeper encounters with God. The psalmist declared in Psalm 42, verse 6 or 7, I beg your pardon, uh, that deep calls unto deep at the noise of the water spouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. May the deep things of your heart continually call upon the deep things of the heart of the Father. I thought I hear a sound and amen. Whilst this is our testimony and our experience, I dare say perhaps it's not everybody who is within earshot of my voice, whether on site or online, that can say, Man of God, this is my testimony. It may be that unfortunately uh, some people have begun to gradually uh, left behind in this great race and in this great train of revival. And I want to encourage you, it is time to catch on. Some people, while others are praying and waiting, they are playing and not waiting. 
while people are busy uh, releasing seeds sacrificially, investing their time, their talent, and their treasure in the kingdom of God, they're busy hoarding and amazing. While many are busy serving the Lord, engaging the worker service team, uh, quite a few are just sitting down and as though they're the ones to be worshipped. And some are engaged in the study of the word, engaging in more active time of the word, but others yet still, uh, their Bibles are still closed. Saints, if that's your experience, may that not be your lot. Praise God. If it's your experience, you need to speak to yourself and tell yourself you are in a train of revival and you must connect to what God is doing and have your life revived. Mm. it's not possible to do the same thing over and over and think you will possibly get the same or different result as a matter of fact that is one definition of insanity it is to do the same thing all over again and expect a different result if we're going to carry on the way we carried on in yesteryears in particular year 2021 we'll not see the result that God has earmarked for us in the year 2022 revive to revive something has got to change for our lives to change our choices our decisions because life is not a game of chances life is a game of choices men's decisions determine their ultimate destination in life what you sow is what you reap the Bible declares in Galatians 6 7 be not deceived God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. May we sow to the spirit. Amen. I thought I hear resounding amen. amen. The farmer that sows orange cannot possibly expect to reap apples. But this is the mindset of quite a few believers. That somehow I'll stumble into revival. Somehow things will just begin to work. No, sir. There's a law in physics that says every object remains in a state of motion or stationary until acted upon by an external force. Hmm. Your life, my life, will begin to change when we change our thinking. Change our choices, change our decisions. It begins in the mind. Determine my spirituality has to rise. Determine my prayer life has to rise. Determine my word study has to rise. The water level has to rise. Determine this year cannot leave you the same way it met you. Something must give, something must change. Hello, somebody. For some people, they've begun to experience massive transformation. Testimonies galore. But quite a few, I'm not sure, it's altogether the same thing. Hence the challenge to get on board. Get on board. If you do what the Lord asks you to do, you will get the results. I'm not sure everybody in this church is engaged in the season of fasting and prayer. You can't be stuffing yourself up now when people are waiting and think when they come into their glory, you'll be there. No. God is not mocked. 
For that to be in scripture, it means there are people who think God can be mocked. Who think they can get from God what they haven't given. Praise the Lord, somebody. Crank up the volume of your spirituality. Crank up the volume of your thirst for God and more of God. Beloved, it is clear that the sound over us is changing quickly and changing rapidly. You've heard me say over and over again, when the drum beat of the drummer changes of necessity, the dancer has to change his steps to come into alignment with the new drum beat. There is a sounding that calls for levels of discipline, levels of diligence. There is a sound from heaven that provokes men to leave the place of lethargy, laziness, laxity in the things of the spirit. We must hear that sound and change our steps. Otherwise, God forbid, you may be left behind. God is really, really keen to revive us and to make us epitome, instruments and vehicles of his mercy and grace to revive others and to revive our generation. Please, I beseech you in the name of Jesus, don't be left behind. Many a times, people are want to blame in God. But you see, God is a God of principles. God is a God of his word. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, second portion, that God has exalted his word above his name. That means he has bound himself to his word. He's a God of principles. He said, my word cannot be broken. That means as much as I want to do certain things in your life, I, I can't go against my word. Praise God, somebody. Don't blame God. Adam was put in responsibility in the, in the Garden of Eden. And when Eve had a dialogue with, with, with the serpent and fell, uh, and God came in the cool of the day and asked Adam, the man placed in responsibility, he said, he said, it is Eve, the one you gave me. We always somehow find something or someone else to blame. It's not me. Is the dog, is the cat, is a rat, is my friend, is the boss. Can we look in the mirror and say, this man, you are the one who holds the key for your own destiny. No person's word over your life is as powerful as your word. Oh yeah. Anybody can curse you, but if you haven't cursed yourself or agree with the curse, there ain't no curse upon you. Your word over you is more powerful than the word of anybody else. So speak well about you. His thoughts towards you are thoughts of good to give you a hope to bring you to an expected end. Jeremiah 29 11. If God's thoughts towards me are thoughts of good, my thoughts towards me ought to be thoughts of good. Don't look at yourself like a worm. Never do well from the backside of nowhere. Have no name, no nobility. Listen, it doesn't matter where you came from. God does not consult your background to bless you in your foreground. He doesn't consult your history to bless you in your destiny. Forget where you came from. Forget where you were hewn from. Forget how you were born, where you are born. You hold your destiny in your hand. All you need to remember is, wait a minute, I am blood washed and blood bought. I'm born again by the incorruptible seed of God's word. 
I'm born not by the gene of Papa and Mama. I'm born by type G gene, Kondagata, the gene of my Father in Heaven. That's who you are. Don't let no man talk down on you. No economy, no government, no. Declare who you are. Look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, you are wonderfully, you are fearfully made in the image and the likeness of God. Good heart, you are anointed. Good heart, the hand of the Lord is upon you. Good heart, there is a liar in you. Turn it loose and roar. Talk to yourself who you are. Shout yes. If his thoughts towards you are thoughts of good, to give you a hope, to bring you to a future, why think ill of yourself? Hmm. He hasn't saved a worm. He saved you. The price he paid to save you is the blood of Jesus Christ. From the last time I knew, the amount of money you pay for something is an expression of the value of the thing. Your life in the eyes of God at least, when you were a sinner, where was that valuable for Jesus to come to take your place and you devalue your life? Shout, there's a greater one on my inside. Look at how he said, there's a greater. I said, shout like a lion, there is a greater one on my inside. My God, your faith just began to rise. The Bible declares in 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that is in you than in every devil in the world. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Quit the blame, blame game. Look at the man in the mirror and say, Hey, it's up to you to shape up. It's up to you to align. Align in prayer, align in giving, align in waiting, align in watching. God is a God of principles. Beloved, revival is a byproduct of a person or a people that engage in the principles of God. I shared with the leaders some weeks ago what I call the culture of revival. Sometime soon I will share it in church. But they are cultures. Their principles, our 10 core value, it's part of it. When you engage in those things by way of byproduct, your life is revived, vivacious, quickened, energized, vibrant. So revival is not something that just happens by way of luck or chance. There is a measure of discipline and diligence that is required for a people to see revival. There is a responsibility for we to see revival. James 4 verse 8 says, draw nigh to God. Please write. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands. You sinners and purify your hearts. You double-minded. So there's what to do to draw near. Declare with me, I will draw near. Draw near in prayer. Draw near in the word. Draw near in consecration. Draw near is an open-ended invitation. What is it? Hebrews 4.16 He invites you to the throne room. Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Find grace to help in the time of need. The Father is calling you. 
The father is calling me. Where? To the place of intimacy. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. We read moments ago. Call unto me and I will answer thee. And I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Who will call? We will call. So there is a call or a cry for revival. We have been in earnest prayer for the past, I don't know how many days in waiting and watching, crying out for revival. We've begun to see just flickers, just flames, just ambers. And we know as we cry some more, the God of heavens will hear us. I believe that this is coming in levels. Just like it was told in Ezekiel 47, there was a river of life that came from the throne room. And as, and as the prophet began to, 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 to swim, it moved in cubits from, from the feet to the ankle 1,000, to the ankle to the loin 1,000. Then the, the fourth 1,000, he said, I could, not, I could not walk in the river. That means, oh Shokoto, as we keep on crying for this revival, I believe there's coming a gotcha. I believe by the mercy, by the grace of God, there will be that moment where you and I literally will be taken over by what by the spirit of almighty god as it was said concerning david in the day that he was anointed the spirit of god came upon him concerning saul in the day he was anointed he became another man can i speak to you in the name of jesus christ as we stay faithful on this lane of waiting and watching may you may you may you become another man under god May you become so transformed that people around you will not recognize you anymore. Your classmate, your cosmate will say, wait, is that an OB? They call me. That's what they knew in secondary school. That's OB. <laughs> Look at OB. Whatever they called you. But they realize that ain't OB. There's another man carrying the grace and the spirit and the anointing of God. The psalmist declared, when the Lord turned around our captivity, we shall be like them that doth dream dreams. Can I speak to your spirit? Can I speak to your soul? Can I speak to your mind, your finances, your health, your marriage? May God so transform you that people will not be able to recognize you. It's beginning to happen already. Theory, look at you. Take your picture five, ten years ago. This ain't you. Check my wedding picture. I look like I had HIV. I wore a coat, not a suit. It has hung on me. My God, you know what I'm saying? I was like a parachute about a fly. But 24, five years down the road, I, I cannot see it. Come on. It don't look like me. When the Lord turns around your captivity, you, 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 you shall be like them that don't dream dreams. Shout, yes, 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 yes. My God. Some of you three years ago in Roger, you look like you are anemic. Like Ebola hits you. Like you caught COVID-19 before it came to pass. <laughs> But look at you. Nelly, you're glowing now. Ralph, you're smiling now. Look at your hair looking so nice and, you know. 
You know, some have gray hair, but that gray is hair of suffering. But there's some gray hair like this. Man, this guy looks whoa. Hallelujah. May God change our story in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. None will be left behind by the mercy of God. Get in, get in, sing, get in line, do the needful. You can dodge fasting and want to enjoy these things. Dodge pray and enjoy it. Dodge study. Just dodge, 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 dodge. Just be a part of them. Just be them, them full of someone. It will, it, no, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man or woman sows, that's a lyric. I'm telling you this so, by the end of the year, you don't say, ah, what happened? God is happening in our lives. <laughs> Can I see a testimony? I was in a prayer meeting on Friday with a few leaders and a gentleman to my surprise walked in medical doctor i haven't seen him in any prayer meeting at all in fact he's never come to that place he walked in he's a brother to one of our leaders a friend to me also we went to the same secondary school so i said he walked in i just got excited i said i gave him a thumbs up you know i said hey you're welcome so by the time we were done with the meeting i asked his brother who's in church I said hey did you invite your brother to church? He said, no, me, no. He thought I did. I thought he did. I said, no, we didn't invite him. So we called his brother up on the phone and he said, I don't know why I came, but something was drawing me to come. I just felt to come. I've never been there before. Hear this. Something was drawing me to come from where I was. Hear this. He said, he told God, in this meeting, do something phenomenal for me. In his words, the brother women witness, he had a strong ankle pain. Remember, he's a doctor, medical doctor. He said in that meeting, it sank. Nobody prayed for him. Nobody laid hands. God healed instantly. And there I was telling the leaders that the time is coming. People will literally beg to come. And as they come, they connect and they go. So God showed us a sign. It's already happening. Brother, don't be left behind. God has always expected man to take responsibility of his life's outcomes by cooperating with him and his holy word. Psalm 115.16 The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth have he given to the children of men. He gave us the earth to serve as his governors on the earth. And the only way we can do that effectively is to be in tune, in touch with the creator of all things. And to employ his kingdom over the earth. So he taught us to pray, our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. So our task as believers on the earth is to continually live our lives in ways that allows the kingdom of God free course on the earth. And one of the ways we achieve this is through the instrumentality of prayer. If the kingdom could come without prayer, 
will not be told to pray. So there must be a way he set up his own system to work that give me legal access. And your prayer, gives Abba Father, quote unquote, legal access to move in the midst of his people. Prayer. 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 God expects his children to genuinely reach out to him and cry out for revival. Just like we've been doing recently. Because prayer is one of the critical spiritual engagements that birth revival. I've said over and over, I say again, revival is birthed in the place of prayer. But also revival is sustained by prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's birthed in prayer, but it's sustained in prayer. Biblical history shows us as much. And modern history of revivals shows us as much. Revival is birthed in prayer and sustained in and by prayer. Beloved, I say humorously, that we couldn't dodge this mandate of revival. Our two names, Roger and Hum, have revival there. Revival, a house of glory, international church, on of revival ministry. Once he's spoken, twice we've heard that power belongs to God. So if people don't see revival amongst us, they will know something is amiss. That's why we have to labor. We have to engage all necessary spiritual instruments to see of a truth that we are a house revived. And a house that God can say, through you, by you, I will revive others around you. Ah. You can't be averse to prayer and think you'll experience sustained revival. Beloved, our text is a reflection of this principle. What is it? That revival is a consequence, all right, or a byproduct of engaging certain spiritual principles. And there are two sides to revival. One is the God side. The other is the man side. Uh, the God side speaks of the sovereignty of God. He's the one that creates the waves and we ride the waves. We can't force revival to come. Sovereign will. But at the same time also, in his sovereignty, he has said, there are things I need to see in place. Then revival will come. The Bible declares in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, giving man a fourfold responsibility and God a threefold blessing as man engages responsibility. If my people who are called by my name, first thing to do, if they humble themselves, we oftentimes think the first thing to do is prayer. No, sir. No, ma'am. The first thing is humility. Is our humility that makes our prayer answered. Because a man who truly prays knows he needs God. But a man who is arrogant may 
profess to pray, but is self-reliant. It's the weak that prays. Oh yeah. It's a misnomer. Yet, the one who prays is strong, really. It's a misnomer. It's, 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 it's a paradox. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, number two, three, seek my hand, no, my face, number four, and turn from their wicked ways. These are the four responsibilities upon man. Number three things he will do by way of blessings in response is he will hear from heaven. So guarantee he will hear. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, he will forgive their sins. Number three, he will go on to heal their land. That's a blessing. Forgiveness. No, he will hear, forgive, and heal. But this comes on account of our engaging our fourfold responsibility. We see in our text, the psalmist cry for revival. Psalm 84, 47. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Will thou not revive us again? It's a cry of revival. That thy people may rejoice in thee. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. The God's side and the man's side. What is God's side? Sovereignty. He's God. He's almighty. He will do as he pleases. What is man's side? Responsibility to engage certain principles. One key is prayer. Prayer opens the heavens. Prayer connects the heart of man to the heart of God. Please, if you've been dodging prayer in this, this church family, no, 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 no. Our prayer meeting should be the most well attended as a house of revival. So my house shall be a house of music? No. House of play? No. House of singing? No. House of prayer for all nations. The house of the Lord. House of prayer for all nations. Beloved, the disciples faced what Jesus described as a this kind. So this kind. Go and not out except by prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, 21. How be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. They came to Jesus and said, Master, why could we not deal with this issue? Could not cast out this devil and get this boy healed? He proffered two things as solution. Number one, their faith, unbelief. So the unbelief was cause number one. Cause number two, he said, by the way, this kind is this kind. And this kind of challenge is resolved by, con I'm paraphrasing now, right? By connecting my power through fasting and prayer. It says, this kind does not go out, but by prayer and fasting. Now, don't get the picture wrong. It's not saying that um, you're living your life, then you meet something, then you say, okay, demons, wait, I'm coming for you. You do seven days, dry. You can, hey, demon, now get out. No, I can't. that's not victorious living. That's suffering. Really, what I believe he was saying is living a lifestyle of prayer and fasting connects you to the conduit of power. So whenever a, this kind matter shows up, you have what it takes to deal with it. Praise God. So we're tanking up, not just for today, there may be a, this kind that will show up in March. You got the power. In April, you got the power. 
in July, you're getting the power now. In August, you're praying down the power. In December, you're tanking up. This kind, you're being stuffed up to meet whatever life will present to you as a child of God. And you have what it takes to speak to this guy and gain the victory. What is revival? The word revive means to nourish back to life. To nourish back to life. He speaks of life, energy, and passion. Life, energy, and passion. That word is made up of two words. Revive. Like words like return, reverse, rewind, reconcile, restore, re. It means to go back to the state it was before. To restore is to put back to the store. So to revive is to bring back to life a vibrancy. That word vive is where the word vivacious comes from. Something lively. When somebody is very vivacious, just bubbly, life, full of life and energy. So to revive is to restore life to something dying or something ailing of his strength. Mm. Something that needs to be made alive because it was once vibrant and once passionate. Here the scripture in 2 Timothy 1, the amplified version. I read slowly. 2 Timothy 1, verse 4, amplified. That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God that in a fire, the special endowment which is in you through the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. The point here is fan into flame, fan into flame, the gracious gift of God that in a life the special end up. So revival is to fan into flame. A fire that is dwindling. So with this understanding, you'll get to understand that the message of revival is first primarily for the church before the world. Because only believers have once been alive. Hello? 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 Very important message. But it doesn't stop in the church. Anybody who is generally revived will not stay in the church. In the sense that you will go out and as you touch your world, your world will know you carry fire. As long as the salt is in the salt shaker, it cannot flavor your food. Salt must be shaken out of the shaker to flavor your food. Likewise, a people revived who don't go out to be a witness to the lost have not been revived. Revival will ultimately lead to an influx of souls into the church. Church growth. Souls being saved. And on account of people waking up to who they are in Christ and their life begins to give life to others. The cry for revival. Beloved, I'll close with these thoughts in mind. But the sound of revival is a very important critical sound. More so to be released in the last of the last days. 
Why is that so? Because Jesus, according to Matthew 5, 25, 26, 27, is coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. It's true. And that bride of Jesus must be prepared. John the Baptist said, I am not the one. I'm only the voice of one that declares, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Let the valleys be filled. The mountains be level. Why? He's coming. Praise God. Praise God. All of this is preparatory for his coming. Not just coming physically in second coming, but his glory is descending. Hence, the need to prepare ourselves for the coming glory of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. The cry for revival. You see, when you know the purpose for what you're doing, you're motivated to do it. This is one purpose of our prayers. We're asking the Lord to have his way, to do his bidding in our midst. Kingdom of God come, will of God be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.